if you're feeling insecure or you're feeling a little out of sorts, go to the Father and say, Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Lord, your desire is to fill me to overflowing with all the fullness of who you are, to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of Christ that passes human knowledge, that I may be filled to overflowing with it, your perfect love that casts out all fear. So I come knowing what your will is and that whatever I ask according to the will of God, I can have. Hallelujah. Pastor Catherine, I'm from Philippines. I came across your recorded message and you called out those who have back pain and I prayed together with you and as you spoke and declared healing in a few minutes, I didn't feel the pain anymore in my left back and left gut. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love hearing stuff like this and so I just want to say thank you too to our amazing live stream team and our teams looking after everyone that's watching online because people are getting healed and delivered and saved and it's just beautiful. So Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I've been looking at some beautiful Psalms recently. I love the book of Psalms and thinking about the key of David and this relationship that he had with the Lord, which is just so beautiful. I was looking at a few different Psalms and really hearing the Holy Spirit speaking about this particular theme. I'm looking today in Psalm 17, verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. The apple of your eyes, I think, is a particularly English statement, but it's... The, the Hebrew meaning really is the same and that, that special place where, you know, if someone tries to touch your eye, you are particularly protective. You know, if someone tries to point you in the eye, you're going to blink and you're going to move because you're particularly protective of that sensitive, vulnerable place. And that's how God protects us. He's particular about, about looking after us. He keeps us as the apple of his eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And if you look at the Psalms, you can see this concept of God wanting to hide us, to overshadow us, to keep us over and over and over again. Uh, Psalm 32, verse 7, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. You could look at Psalm 91, that you'd cover me with the feathers of your wings. That he who uh, dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This constant theme of being overshadowed of being protected you you keep me in your pavilion you hide me in your pavilion from the strife of tongues this fierce protective sense of the Lord wanting to cover you wanting to be your hiding place wanting to be the one that covers you you see God's heart when he created us he created all the animals and the birds and he gave them all counterparts, male and female, he created them. And then he, he created man in his own image. And his heart desire was to have someone in his image after his likeness that he could have 
fellowship with. And the intention of God was that we would be his perfect match, that we would be his bride, that we would be his, his uh, fellowship, the, the creation that he could truly fellowship with. And so you and I, that's our purpose. We were created to have fellowship with God. And his desire is never that we would be separate from him, but that we would be one with him. Hallelujah. And you know, when um, he said it's, it's not good for man to be alone, he put Adam to sleep and he opened up his side, took a bone out of his ribcage, and he created woman bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and the two became one. Hallelujah. And it was a picture of what the heart of God was for us, that we created bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, in his likeness, in his image, would be compatible, joined together with him. Hallelujah. And then, so I, I look at that, praise the Lord. I got married when I was 20 to my wonderful husband, and um, I was raised and taught that you don't be unequally yoked, that you marry someone that's also a believer so that you can be equally yoked. So we're both believers, both grew up in the youth group. He was, I think, 24, I was 23, I was 20, and, um, and we married, and we've been married now for 31 years, praise the Lord, equally yoked, and I'm so grateful. But then as we look at Scripture, we can see too this concept of being hidden and kept. Tom, Tom's been my protector. He looks after me. I tell you, I'm a sook. If he doesn't get to come with me on a trip, I'm a bit lost, you know, because he normally does everything. He looks after me, makes sure I get on the aeroplane, I don't leave my passport behind, and he, he, he protects me, takes care of me. He doesn't let me see the, all the nasty emails. He filters them. He's just, he's my protector. Thank God for Tom. I love Tom. <laughs> He's my hero. And I'm so grateful for that. But it's a picture. Marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ and his bride. God's heart for you, whether you're male or female, is to be your fierce protector. His heart was never that you would be doing life on your own, but that you would be protected, hallelujah, that he, you would be in him. Christ is in us. When we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, his spirit comes and lives on the inside of us. But then he says, he said to them, tarry in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So not only is he in us, but we are in him, hallelujah, and there's this beautiful picture of oneness that we are hidden in the cleft of the rock. In Song of Solomons, we read about the bridegroom saying to the bride, uh, in the cleft of the rock, show me your face, for your face to me is lovely and your voice is sweet. We know too that Jesus is the rock, hallelujah. And as the last Adam, his side, just like the first Adam, his side was pierced open. It was open and blood and water flowed and out of his side was made the way for a new bride to come, one that would be compatible with the Son of God. And God, the Father, 
who says, don't be unequally yoked, can't and wouldn't yoke his son to anything that was less than suitable for the Holy One, the, the Righteous One. So he made a way for us to be born again out of sin, out of crookedness, out of depravity, into holiness and purity, not by works lest anyone should boast, but by the grace of his Son Jesus, we through faith could be born again and become a new creation, the Bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Hidden, and then we are hidden in him. In him I live and move and have my being. I, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. And my life is hidden, hidden with him. Praise the Lord. And this whole concept of hiddenness in him, I think, is something that the Holy Spirit's wanting to say to us. What it looks like to live intentionally, leaning in to the hiding place, to the place where he gets the glory, to the place where when people see us, they see him, where we live and move and have our being in him. It's not just a concept. It's an invitation for us to live out every day. Abiding in the secret place is an invitation that we by faith get to step into every day. We've been talking about clothing ourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, all the virtues of God. That is something we actively do, we step into, we, we put on the virtues of God, hallelujah, intentionally putting on the new man, reminding ourselves of the goodness of God. Romans chapter 15, if you want to have a look there, is fascinating. We know that we've been given everything, praise the Lord, pertaining to life and godliness. We can read that in 2 Peter chapter 1. Um, but it says it here in, in Romans 15. We'll start at verse 13 because it's just lovely. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself am also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given to me from God. Paul's saying, hey, this is who you are. I want to remind you about the truth of who you are. This is what you look like. You are now the bride of Christ, born again. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creation. But I've written very boldly to you so as to remind you. Why do we need to be reminded? Because as we enter into the kingdom of God, we step through the doorway of Jesus' torn flesh. We step through the doorway of his sacrifice. Hallelujah. Jesus, the door. We step through in the blood of Jesus and, be, and become a new creation. We come into the kingdom of God. But that's just the starting place. God then asks us to walk by faith in him, following him. We had a lovely wedding, praise the Lord, back in uh, 1991, in the olden days, praise the Lord. 
before cell phones. <laughs> it was olden days almost, yes, I think so. And, um, and that, was, that was great. But you know what? It wasn't the, the end of the story. It was the beginning of a new life. And that new life, I didn't suddenly lose my um, will. I didn't lose my ability to choose. Every day I've chosen and I've learned and I've grown in what it looks like to behave like a wife. Doesn't don't always get it right, but I'm getting better and better as time goes on. Hallelujah. And you learn and you grow what life together looks like. In the same way, you and I need to be reminded by the Holy Spirit about what a life that's no longer our own, that's been bought with a price, looks like. Hallelujah. It's a glorious invitation to walk in Him. Hallelujah. We've been looking at the book of Galatians, praise the Lord. And in Galatians chapter 5, at the fruits of the Spirit. If you want to talk with me, uh, turn with me there. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 5, it's quite interesting to look at. And I think sometimes we can get the idea that Christianity is just something that we... We make a decision about. But the decision is just the beginning. Hallelujah. We read in Matthew chapter 21 the other day about the parable of two sons. The father came to his son and he said, son, will you come and work in the field? I need some help. And the son said, sure, dad, absolutely. And then he didn't do it. And then he came to the second son. He said, son, will you help me? in the field, and the son said, nah, nah. And then he felt bad a little while later, and he went, no, I'll go and do it. And then he went and did it, and the, Jesus says, who was the father more pleased with? The one who said he'd do it and didn't, or the one that actually went into the field and did what the father asked? No, to me, that speaks very much of what life with Christ is supposed to look like. It's not just about words. It's not just about a decision at the beginning. It's about the follow-through. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, but faithfulness is one of the key fruits of the Spirit that we would walk it out. Hallelujah. We're going to read here uh, about these fruits in a little bit of context. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We'll start in verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Hallelujah. Free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these things are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let's not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. What it's saying here is that after you've made the statement, after you've made the declaration and said, yes, Lord, I need a savior. I receive Jesus as my savior. I make him my Lord. That is the doorway. That is the entry point. Hallelujah. And then we have an opportunity to walk it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit require just as much faith to receive as the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes we look at the fruits of the Spirit as though it's some sort of measuring rod. Well, if I really was a Christian, I'd be manifesting these things. Oh, I'm not doing very well. But that's not the context of this, of this passage. The heart of God is for us to recognize that we walk by faith. Hallelujah. We walk not in our own strength or in our own willpower, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. If we are in the Spirit, we also walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And to walk in the Spirit is to learn to lean into the hiding place, to reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin. Oh, hooray and alive to God in Christ, to remind ourselves, just as Paul reminds us all through the book of Romans and through all the epistles, it's just these constant glorious reminders. This is who you are and this is what Christian life looks like. And if you, are, if you want to continue following me, this is what our life is gonna look like. This is what we do, hallelujah. This is how we behave. And it's not a, a set of rules, it's a glorious invitation into an abundant and beautiful life. Praise the Lord. As I was looking at um, Psalm 32 today, it was just, it's beautiful. It talks about the freedom that comes when we, we don't deceive ourselves, but we actually tell God all the things where we confess our sin to him and we receive mercy and grace. And, Praise the Lord, the freedom that comes as we're honest with God, as we lay it all out before him. I think it's powerful to talk to the Lord about everything that's weighing on your conscience, to specifically bring it to him. Oh God, oh yes. Rather than letting it weigh on your heart and, and sap your joy and make you feel guilty, tell him about it. I shouldn't have spoken to that person like that, God. That was wrong, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. Now I can really have a, have a clean conscience, knowing, praise the Lord, that I am free indeed. Hallelujah, by the grace of God, I've been set free. 
And I believe the heart of the Father is for you and I to walk in this glorious freedom, free from sin, free from guilt, not just positionally, but realistically, absolutely bringing to the Lord every mess, every mistake, saying, oh, I messed up here. That was wrong, God. I acknowledge my sin to you. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for forgiveness. Hooray. I receive your mercy. And being specific about it, because the enemy will specifically come and try and condemn you. So if you can be specific about it, when the accusation comes, you can say, no, I talked to God about that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know I was forgiven before I ever did it, but having acknowledged it to God, I'm not letting it weigh me down and rot my bones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm free indeed. And these beautiful, in this beautiful freedom, then, I have the opportunity and the invitation to put on and walk in the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love. Hallelujah. I can take it. I can have it. I can be loved. If, you, if you're feeling insecure or you're feeling a little out of sorts, go to the Father and say, Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Lord, your desire is to fill me to overflowing with all the fullness of who you are, to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of Christ that passes human knowledge, that I may be filled to overflowing with it, your perfect love that casts out all fear. So I come knowing what your will is and that whatever I ask according to the will of God, I can have. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you that so it doesn't talk to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to put on love. Over all these virtues, I'm going to put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I'm going to intentionally lean into it today. Do you know you can receive love by faith? It doesn't have to come just through a prophetic word. It doesn't have to come just by someone being nice to you or circumstances lining up so that you feel loved. You can step into it so intentionally. If you've been rejected, if, you, if you're in a situation where you feel like, well, I don't have somebody that just, just really loves me in my life, well, it's probably not true because you've got a whole bunch of people in the church here who love you. But there is one that, whose love is better than life. There is one who loves better than a mother or a brother. There is one that if you lean back into it, the bigger your need, the more of God there is to fill it. The deeper the cut, the greater the longing, the greater the need, the greater the cry, the more capacity you have to receive the love of Christ. He wants to so saturate you and fill you with the love of God that every person you meet is impacted by his glorious love. Hallelujah. We can step into these things. And I believe this concept of the hiding place is something that God wants you every day to become conscious of. That I'm going to hide myself in you, God. My life is hidden with God in Christ. And I'm going to clothe myself with these beautiful fruits, the fruit of love. Hallelujah. That when I manifest, when I, uh, when, whenever I speak, I'll manifest the fruit of love. Whenever I um, am out and about or 
emailing or talking on the phone or having an interaction or a conversation or in everything I'm doing, I'm going to be motivated by love, not because I'm trying to be good, but because the goodness of God is on the inside of me and I can lean into the Spirit of God and bring out His love. Hallelujah. Love, joy. Similarly, praise the Lord, joy is not an emotion dependent on your circumstances. Thank you, Jesus. You can have joy when you haven't had enough sleep. Now that's superhuman. You can have peace when you haven't had enough sleep. Patience when you haven't had enough sleep. Not because it's in you, it's because it's in him and you are in him. Hallelujah. And now you, as one with him, have access to all the virtues of Christ that will flow through you as you line yourself up with him and remember, thank God I am joined to him. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tap into the joy of Christ today. The one who sits in the heavens and laughs. Ha, ha, ha who has circumstances come and he's not troubled. He doesn't wring his hands and think, oh no, what are we gonna do now? This is the end. No, he's there sitting in heaven and laughing, going, <laughs> if they only knew. Because he knows, he certainly has the last laugh, hallelujah. He knows the plans he has for us. He knows that he's already won. Praise the Lord. Love, joy, peace. What does it look like to live unreactively? To be people that when stuff happens and things come your way and situations happen, that instead of reacting, peace is your default. Your default, it can be as you learn what it looks like to live hidden in the cleft of the rock, hidden in the cleft of his side, tucked in under his arm, hallelujah, held by him. I tell you, the more you lean into him, the more you'll experience the joy of his protection. His protection will keep you from sin. His protection will keep you from every situation that would try to come against you. The more you're feeling vulnerable, the more you can tuck in and know, in my weakness, he is strong. Hallelujah. Is good. Love, joy, peace. Hallelujah. Patience. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. The power to be consistent. The power to every day open up the Word of God and feast in Him. The power to live a godly life full of the goodness of God. It's available. Even if you look at your life and think, well, I haven't done very well so far. God says, tomorrow's a new day. I have power for you to walk in the goodness of God today. That today can be a turning point for you to no longer buy the lie that you are unable or inadequate or never going to measure up. But you can lay that down and say, today I thank you. I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. 
I want to finish today's program by sharing some scriptures that have really encouraged me. Here's three verses to help when making tough decisions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.